to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast, your local business community resource. My name is Denise Heidel. Not only do I serve as your podcast host, but I'm also the executive director of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. On behalf of the Chamber, thank you for listening and for your support of the Chamber business community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. I am your host, Denise Heidel, and I am here with Jeff Case, Master Magician, and uh, the upcoming presenter for our first Lunch and Learn series that will be sponsored by Marzano Capital Group. Thanks for being with me today, Jeff. Oh, you're most welcome. I'm excited to be here. We're going to take a quick pause from today's podcast to recognize one of our sponsors, Marzano Capital Group. Hi, this is Mike McGilvery, financial advisor and partner at Marzano Capital Group in Clemens. We are privileged to serve this great community, and we strive to help our clients by building wealth management plans tailored to their specific goals. Consistent client communication is the cornerstone of our process, and we hope to add value to your financial planning needs. Once again, thank you to Marzano Capital Group for their support of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about you, because I met you as a magician, which I just think is so much fun, but tell us a little <laughs> bit about your background. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, I, in regards to magic, or do you want, like, my life? I could do both. So just, <laughs> well, tell us how you became a, a magician and a okay. speaker. Okay, so um, I started doing magic when I was around seven or eight years old. And the reason you know that's true is it's on my website. So, you know, it's true. Um, Right. I I literally did learn my very first magic trick off the back panel of uh, Lucky Charms. Kids in my day, we used to read the cereal boxes and they used to print tricks on occasion like that you could do at home. And so I learned a trick there. It was a trick with a folding bill. And of course, all the kids in my third grade class thought it was awesome until, you know, they got the Lucky Charms box <laughs> and they're like, oh, hey, I could do that thing you do, you know, so I had to start working. But um, yeah, I, I just loved magic. I loved seeing magic. I had seen some magicians at, uh, at a vacation Bible school. My, my dad's a pastor. So when I was a little kid, he had a magician come in and entertain us at vacation Bible school. And so I literally did get put in detention a lot because I, I made Perfect A's, certainly through elementary school and, and through most of junior. I had a few B's in there, um, but it, it I just I was one of those expressive, outgoing kids. And I, so I couldn't stop talking when I would finished my work. I would bug the other kids. And so they would send me to the library to read. And that's where I would start reading magic books. But uh, speaking, I've been in front of people my whole life because my father's a pastor. Um, I started. Uh, really, you know, one's not necessarily related to the other, but I started preaching when I was like 16, 17 years old and teaching a Sunday school class by the time I was 18. But I've always been in front of people. Every job I've had, I mean, I sold newspaper subscriptions door to door when I was in the eighth grade. When I was uh, in fifth, sixth and seventh grade, I used to go around the neighborhood with a lawnmower and knock on people's doors who had tall grass and ask them if I could mow their lawn. And mostly, you know, they would say, well, what do you charge? And I said, well, what are you offering? And, you know, <laughs> we got, and I mean, half the time I just like, yeah, you got $5, give me $5. I'll mow it. And I just move on. And I mean, I'd walk, you know, in an afternoon, I'd be walking back home with 30, 40 bucks in my pocket, uh, you know, as a kid. Um, so I've always been comfortable speaking to people and, and talking to people and 
just over the years, before I went into full-time magic, everything I'd ever done had been sales. And of course, when you're in corporate sales and things like that, you're going to go to a million classes. And I mean, after a while, they start to all sound alike and look alike. And, you know, we took all those personality tests and, you know, what kind of a, are you a beaver? Are you a dog? Are you, you know, a bear? And, you know, are you expressive? Are you an introvert? All that stuff, you know? And so I, just like most people, I, I did the, the typical thing of, you know, you eat the chicken and spit out the bones. And so through all of that, through personal experience and through seeing things that, that weren't good, that, you know, I was able to correct in my own presentations and stuff is, is why I think it's uh, so effective. And so, yeah, that was a lot of verbal verbiage. We That's used to say okay. verbal vomit, but I don't know if you can say that on a podcast. So. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's fine. So, <laughs> So, Jeff, you're going to be leading this Lunch and Learn that is going to be called The Art of Customer Service. And I have incredibly strong opinions about customer service. So let me let me just back up and, and tell you a little story. I've been a writer for Forsyth Magazines for 15 years. And okay. I've interviewed a lot of businesses. And I got to the place a lot of times when I would go in to interview a business, I would ask them, what, would, what separates you from your competitor? What makes you mm. different? 99% of the time, the answer was my, our customer service. So after a couple of years of this, I finally got to the place where I would, and I would say, what makes you different from your competitor other than your customer mm. service? I mm. don't want to hear that answer. And, and I got to the place where, and in fact, if you go through and you read um, the history of my writing, I won't talk about customer service. Most of the I get time. it. Because everybody thinks they have the best customer service. If I go to business A, what differentiates you? My customer service. If I go to their competitor, business B, what differentiates you? My customer yeah. service. One of you is wrong. Well, yeah. It's hard I mean, to both be right. You, may, That's right. you may both have great customer service, but one of you is better than the other. So I, I have very strong opinions and I used to work in customer service too. So I know what it's like to work, you know, with the public and, you know, to get the phone calls with somebody screaming at you because you, <laughs> you know, make something magically appear for them. But oh, that was good. I like that. You're right. Oh, hey, I did a pun. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. I didn't know if you meant to. I was like, well, that's nice. <laughs> Bing. You get so, a point for that one. <laughs> thank you. I wasn't even trying there. But so everybody thinks they have great customer service, but not everybody actually does. And mm. so when I started thinking about um, this Lunch and Learn series, and I was working with Mike McGilvery at Marzano Capital Group about what this series is going to look like. I told him how strongly I feel about customer service and I really wanted this session. And again, the session is called The Art of Customer Service. And so when I met you and the very first thing you said to me was, yes, I do presentations on customer service. I got so excited. <laughs> well, I always tell people, you know what, if you lower your expectations just a little bit, you'll land right there and be happy. Yeah. So, so give us a little bit of a, a background about your experience with customer service. Wow, that uh, we probably don't have enough time. Um, and and I, I, I'm being a little bit funny, but at the same time, I'm not. You know, it's a two sided coin. It is, I have read tons of books over the years. There's actually a few that I would recommend. Um, I, I have trouble with the titles. Oddly enough, when I'm at a party working uh, as a side note, as a magician at a party, even if there's a hundred people there, whoever I meet that night, if I meet them, I'm going to remember their name while I'm there. 
I might not remember it the next day, but I promise you while I'm there, I'm going to be able to call their name back um, that day. And that's something we can talk about. That's one of the things I will talk to people about is how to remember people's names. I don't have a fancy system of, you know, oh, it's a great big house. And you look at the welcome mat. You know, I think that's Carnegie stuff, I believe. You look at the welcome mat and then you look at the front door and the doorbell and try to use all these acronyms. Then your head gets flooded. Well, all these crazy acronyms, you got so much to remember. You're never going to remember their name because you're trying to remember the stuff to help you remember their name. As weird as that sounds, but it's true. So there's some simple things that I can do to help folks remember the name, because one of the things that's important to people is they need to feel like you're paying attention to them and that they that you care. Right. Um, And and that people love hearing their own name. Most people, you know, there could be an anomaly here or there, but most people. And most people will be stunned even in a short three to four minute conversation. If you call their name to them at least once or twice, I promise you in their head, they're going to be going, wow, this, this lady, this guy remembered my name already, you know, cause nobody hates anything worse than going, Oh, what was your name again? Right. right now I do that in my act because it's part of the stick, the joke stuff that I do. I like, Oh, I'm sorry. And I know their name, but I go, oh, what was it again? Oh, I was just making sure you weren't lying or something stupid like that. But, right. So, you know, I've read all those books. I took all those classes about personality and, you know, sales techniques. And I mean, I even went through the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. And I think his son runs that uh, company. It's a great book. I think there's some very good things in there. But one of the things that has never changed, at least in my view and, and my experience, is that if you do it right, you really won't have to change much. Certainly things change over time. Certain, you know, the way we do business, the way we interact with people, I think it's a detriment, you know, the way everybody texts and doesn't really talk anymore. I, I can't stand that. Um, and I, that is one of the keys that I think will help people get better business too. Uh, there, now, you know, you might have that one anomaly customer. It's like, I just want to talk through text and email, you know, deal with it. I, I don't like it. But most people, if you're warm and upfront and they know you're interested in them making money as much as you're interested in yourself making money, that's the guy I want on my team. I want the person on my team that it has my best interests, you know, instead of their best interests. But if they have my best interest at heart, I know that their best interests are going to be fulfilled because we're going to we're going to, you know, synchronize. We're going to synchronize on that kind of thing. So. I took all those seminars, all those classes. I should have gave you a shorter answer, but you can see I'm express. I'm the expressive expressive. <laughs> um, and it's just, so I have an amalgamation or a, a uh, yeah, I think amalgamation is a good word for just all these things coming. To, and then really just experience and dealing with people all the time. I, I never took any formal classes on psychology, but I've read a lot of psychology books. I should know again, I should know the titles. I don't. Um, but I just studied people as a magician. Right. You really have to study if you want to be very good at what you do, you really and I'm not I'm talking about beyond the the skill and the practice and the many, many, many years that it takes to get to the level that I am. And I'm sorry for bragging. I, I really don't mean to, but you know, I'll say this real quick. When people say, God, that's you seem kind of expensive. I go, No, I'm not expensive. You're not paying me for the two hours you have me, you're paying me for the 25 years that it took to get that good so that you don't have to worry about your guests being entertained and enjoying themselves. And you don't have to worry about somebody saying something inappropriate or doing something inappropriate, at least not me. I can't speak for the people at your party, (laughs) but it's, it's all those things that sort of culminated into, 
you know, how I interact with people, you know, how do you speak to them? How do you, how do you find out, how do you get past that block? You know, and, and I know it's still there. There's, there's always that block, especially if someone's in sales and they're dealing with somebody that uh, makes large purchases, you know, and they have to have a purchase order and they have to make sure that their budget, you know, or they're calling other vendors and they're like, what's your price? Hang up the phone. What's your price? Hang up the phone. What's your price? How do you get past that? How do you get past those walls? And, and that's stuff that took, frankly, years of, of trial and error, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And, and then I, I'll never say that I perfected a system, but I have a system that that works. And it's really simple. Customer service, everybody says it's difficult. And I think that creates, pro- it's not, it's actually really, really simple. We're the ones that make it complicated. We're going to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce our listeners to Ireland Insurance and Jackie Jackson. Ireland Insurance is an independent, family-owned and operated insurance agency that has been serving the triad for over 80 years. Jackie Jackson has just celebrated her seven-year cancerversary and is also an agent with Ireland Insurance. She is a breast cancer survivor and she's grateful for her journey. In celebration of her cancerversary and in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Ireland Insurance is supporting Jackie's annual fundraiser for cancer services. Established in 1955, Cancer Services is a local nonprofit with the mission of embracing health, life, and survivorship. For every policy that Jackie quotes during the month of October, Ireland will make a donation to Cancer Services. Consider helping Jackie give back to an organization that supported her on her own cancer journey. It costs you nothing to let Jackie run some quotes for you. Contact WNIreland.com to speak to Jackie and let her see if she might be able to earn your business and contribute to the mission of Cancer Services. Your customer service is not relegated to one position or one title. Right. If you are, if you're, if you're in business, you're in customer service, whether that's the title you officially wear or not. That's right. And that's right. Exactly right. So great customer service impacts a business because even if, even if you are say the bookkeeper for a business and you don't necessarily interact with people in the, the selling side of things, if you, if you give poor service, you've given bad customer service. That's right. If somebody has a negative impact with you as the bookkeeper, or if you're working as the janitor and you're cleaning the bathrooms or whatever, and you do a poor job, that's, that's bad customer service. But if you do a job, and I mean, this is something I think, I think honestly, Chick-fil-A, I think probably does this better than almost anybody in their industry. Yeah. Is that they take that second mile approach. It's not the first mile that they go, they go that second mile. And that's why they're so noted for their customer service, because every single player on their team, whether they're they're front facing, dealing directly with the customer or they're on the backside, you know, making the food, wherever they serve, they are all focused on the customer experience. You know what? I love that you said wherever they serve, because one of the things that I'm going to be talking about is actually uh, what, you know, trying to define customer service because again it's very simple and i'm i'm going to take it all the way back to a word that we get out of the greek uh that was used as it's called diakonos and i'm gonna talk about that in the seminar it's it's the greek word 
that gets translated deacon in English. So people talk about, oh, deacon, you know, because diakonos literally translates to serve tables. But it was, I don't want to use the word transliterated, but it became known as someone who serves. So if you're a diakonos, if you are a deacon, male or female, by the way, you serve. And so, and that's the thing that we forget. And and you nailed it, Denise. Um, And I mean that sincerely, you nailed it. Everybody we interacted with is a customer or at the very least, they are a potential customer, whether they are taking our order, like you said, they're cleaning the table, whatever it is. And if you look at it like that, if you if you have that that and I call it the attitude of the heart, I call it a heartitude because the heart. Oh, I like that. I'm gonna is, that is what we. <laughs> it's it's from something I used in 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 my preaching ministry, but it, it certainly applies in in um, you know non religious things, if you will. And that is, you know, when people say I love somebody with all my heart, or I did that with all of my heart, or I gave it all of my heart. Well, they don't mean the muscle, right? Because that that. But we understand that they mean that, like people used to say this, every fiber of my being I put into that, right? Blood, sweat, and tears. So when we say we do something with all of our heart, what we really mean is I am all in, I'm committed, and and in Scripture, and again, I'm not making this religious, I just want to use this as an illustration. The word heart and mind are interchangeable, particularly in the New Testament. So when we're talking about the heart, or you hear someone say something about the heart, They really mean their mind. Why? Because everything we do, everything starts in the mind. You you can't form a sentence because it has to start in your mind first. And the synapses in your brain have to fire at the right moment to get that thought from your brain down to your muscles, through your tongue and your lips to form that word. Right. Now, that, that's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of verbiage, <laughs> but it's true. We, we don't do anything without thinking. So I say, what is the heartitude? What's the attitude of your heart? Are you going into a place today ticked off and mad? And, you know, it, it really attitudes everything. You know, I, I heard a, an old evangelist say this years ago, but I've seen it in a lot of often. They've actually taken this and made it into one of those motivational posters. You know, I think people still put those up in their offices. Right. It's a good thing, I think. Right. <clears throat> And maybe at the uh, the seminar, we'll share the full the full version of it. But the short version is this. I can't control what other people do as much as people would like to think that that, you know, we can we cannot control what other people do. But what we can do is control us. Right now, when somebody flies off the handle or we act irresponsibly and they say, well, you know, Jeff had a bad day or whatever, you, you know, we've all probably yelled at somebody that cut us off in traffic or, you know, we're in the grocery line and we got to get home quick. So we're in the 15 items or less line and here, somebody in front of you has got 40 items and they could care less, you know, and you're, you're just about to pull your hair out, you know, right. what's the attitude of my heart? You know, am I going to let that ruin my day or all I can take care of is me. And so when I go all the way back to Diakonos to serve every job that is there is, is really at its uh, rudimentary level is a customer service job because you nailed it. Like I said, piggybacking on what you said, somebody is your customer. It might not be the end customer in a sales team that manufactures a product. You might be the person working in there manufacturing the product, or you might be the person, like you said, doing the books or whatever. But everybody mm-hmm. has a customer service job. And it's that attitude of the heart, that heartitude that, that, drives us to 
you know, make sure we're meeting their needs. And it's like Zig Ziglar said years ago, and I'll, I'll probably screw this up too, but, um, you know, basically if I'm doing everything I can to make sure that, that my customer is taken care of and that they, their needs are being met. And if I can, some of their wants, the rest of it's going to come to me. I don't have to, I focus on that, the things that I want for my life to better my life or whatever that's, that's going to come. But it, it, it's a, it's customer service means to serve. I mean, that. There ain't no way around it. That's what it means. And if you don't want to serve, you probably should find something else to do. Right. I mean, there might be a job out there that doesn't require that. But. I'm, not, I'm not sure what it is, but I, I, I'm sure they exist too. But, you know, my forte has been corporate uh, work, some just pure entertainment, some they want a message. And so I was able to take all these things that I've learned over the years. And since we're talking about customer service and as, those are my clients. Even as you are now a client, I had to present to you, okay, well, this is what I do. And, you know, that's great to say, well, that's great. That's what you do. Can you show me? And so I give demonstrations and I'm able to explain, here's some of the things that we can do. But the first thing I do for my customers is I want to know what they want. And that seems elementary, but Somehow we've gotten past that now. Somebody starts doing a presentation and I've got all these widgets right here. And let's talk about how great they are. No, the first thing we need to do is, hey, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, what do you want? What is it that you need? Now, when I hear their need, now I can go, okay, do I have what they need? And if I do, how can I get it into their hands to help them grow their business? Because if their business grows and I'm the guy that helped them do it, my business is going to grow. Correct. And, you know, and I, I think that you just hit on something that is very um, important to me, too. And it again, it just feeds right into customer service is knowing what somebody wants, but also being honest. So you talked about, OK, how can you give it to them? So, like, if right. you've got somebody and what they want and need is not quite your wheelhouse, being right. honest with them. I'm telling you, even if they don't buy from you, they're going to remember that. Yep. And that's excellent customer service. Even if you didn't close the it deal, is. they will refer you to somebody else. And, you know, and so, and we both know people are really great at going online and complaining. And when they have, <laughs> imagine that, right? Everybody, everybody right. has an opinion, especially if they have access to a keyboard. So everybody <laughs> has the, um, the quick draw on, on, a lot of criticism, but when you take somebody and you give them such excellent service that it, it just like wows them. I'm making notes. I'm listening, but I'm making notes of what you're saying. <laughs> right. When you, when you take somebody and you wow them with service, how many people do you think actually go out there and say something positive? It's amazing. And it hardly anybody. Oh, yeah. Only a handful versus all the people who will jump on for the negative. And, you know, honestly, and we've seen this, you know, with like, let's say I'm just making up an example. But I, I could give you real examples. I'm just not going to name names. Let's say that there's a business who angers one customer. They've told all their friends about it. And then on the social media platforms and on Google reviews, Yelp, all of these places where you can go in and you can, you know, venture spleen about things. <laughs> Um, it's no longer just the one person who was offended. All their friends come up behind and yeah. give the negative reviews and the negative feedback too. So it's, it's really a, a, 
a frustration I know, and I've worked with a past client of mine who, who had this happen and one negative thing. And this lady's all her friends jumped in and it just became this vicious cycle. And, you know, you can't just necessarily take that stuff down. It, it's a lot yeah. of work to try to fight that. You can, it just costs a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. And so when you, when you're trying to um, work with somebody and you're determined to give the positive experience, if you can give them a positive experience to the point that they will take the time and the effort to share their positive experience huge customer service win. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's amazing that you said that because one of the things I will also hit on, I told my wife the other day, I said, she goes, well, when you do this uh, seminar that you're doing, how, how much time do you have? I said, like 30, 35 minutes. She goes, are you going to be able to do all that in that time? I said, probably not, but I'm going to try, you know, um, because, and I, and I don't mean that as a boast. That's, that's, you know, so I'm, I'm choosing things that I think will are right, here's some nuggets that you can use. Right. You know, unfortunately I don't have a book that they can buy and Hey, you know, buy my book and get my DVD, <laughs> I don't, big, but big they can talk to me. They, they can get my email and call me and, and I'll do whatever I can to help anybody. Hopefully they'll learn something. And I think they will. Um, but you know, you, you hit on this thing and I was going to say it. Now we had a different way of, it, it, <laughs> it was a different way of saying it in the Marines, but it was, you know, 10 hallelujahs are canceled out by one old me, you know, yeah. uh, and, and I don't know why we're like that, but we are, you know, yeah. let's use King David as a quick example. Everybody knows about King David slaying the, you know, David and Goliath and all those great stories that he did, but nobody, the first thing they will mention to you, most people is the illicit affair that he had with Bathsheba, you know, and that's just, it's something in the human psyche that is wired that way is, and I hate to admit it, but it's true. Yes. And I don't mean everybody, but I'm talking about if people are honest with themselves. And I'm, I love what you said about honesty. If we're honest with ourselves, when someone succeeds, we should be happy for them. We should be because, you know, but that's not how we, we get jealous. We get, you know, why didn't they pick me? Why didn't they do this? And, and believe me, there's a lot of that in magic and <laughs> in sales. A lot of it. Why is this lady so successful? And I'm not. I'm doing all the same things she's doing, you know. So, uh, but honesty is, is one of those things. And, and I love what you said. Uh, I'm going to, I rephrased it when I was writing the note, but um, sometimes you're not the right fit. Mm -hmm. And I, I can tell, I, you know, it, it would take forever to tell you, but I have a lot of clients over the years and I'm going back to my wholesale lumber distribution days when I sold carloads and truckloads of lumber and I dealt in, you know, commodities. And I mean, the phone was buzzing and, you do customer service visits and, you know, all those things, pull through business and everything, going to the end user and pulling it through all the way back up at the, at the higher level. But there've been times when, you know, you know what, I'm not the right fit for you, Mr. Jones or Miss Jones or whatever. I, I, I hear what you're saying. These are the things that, you know, what, you and I aren't a good fit and it's not a personality thing is, but I know my friend over here, Bob, they have what you need. And, Matter of fact, the things that you described to me that you said that you needed help with, that's the guy that can help you. Well, that does two things. Even if Bob's a competitor, which nobody likes to do that. Number one, Bob's going to remember that Jeff threw something his way, but the customer is going to remember. You know what? That guy's not about the bottom line. I mean, we are to a point. Right. He was interested in genuinely helping me. He, it's like you said, he's going to remember that I'm the guy that got him to the right person. Right. And down the road, when and if he does need something that Jeff has, the first person he's going to call, if 10 other people, he's going to call Jeff. Uh -huh. 
I had two clients over the years very quickly that uh, they were buying from a particular supplier had been for years. And, you know, I would get an occasional, what we call a little fill in order every once in a while, but I will, I went, but I didn't go by every week, by the way, if they we will talk about this at the seminar, if they ever told me, look, appreciate it, but please don't come back anymore. I never went back, but I had to have somebody tell me no before I stopped going. Okay. Right. I was never rude or, or aggressive, but if they, it was rare. So I just pop in every once in a while. Hey, Hey, Jeff, it's great to see you, man. You know, we buy from maybe, yep, that's fine. I just want you to know something ever happens or you need, I'm just letting you know I'm here. That's it. And I would do a visit once every two or three months. But they called me one day and something happened and they needed something. And it was like pulling hen's teeth to get it. But I had a way to get it. I got it. I made sure we got it. I made sure it got in their hands that everything was the way it was supposed to be. It was delivered on time. You name it. As a matter of fact, I went to the delivery to make sure everything went smoothly. And um, they never forgot it because I don't know what happened. It was a few months, maybe four to six months after that. They called me up one day and said, hey, we've had a change. We're ready to do business. Come see us. Bring your stuff. Right. And a client that might have bought $10,000 a year from me turned into a three or $400,000 account, you know, right. so you're going to have that kind of thing. It doesn't always work out like that, but sometimes right. it does. Right. Well, you know, so something you just said, I wanted to bounce on because, you know, you gave me a new word earlier with harditude. Okay. I'm going to give you a word and you may have heard it already before, but hands down. It's one of my favorite. No, harditude is my, I know that sounds braggadocious. I really developed that word from a study of the Beatitudes probably 10, 15 years ago. Right. And uh, it, it's, it's the attitude of the heart. You know? Yeah. So I love that word. I'm going to steal that word, but when you I'm can gonna... have it, you don't have to steal it. It's yours. Use it a lot. <laughs> one of my very favorite corporate America words is coopetition. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So cooperating with your competition, it doesn't all, you know, your competition is not necessarily your enemy to the point right. that you just made, you know, sometimes you refer to your competitor not only does your competitor remember it, your customer remembers it, and it it ultimately, yeah. I think, comes full circle. Um, and it's the right thing to do. It is. If you're not the right fit, if you don't have the capacity or the bandwidth, maybe you are the perfect fit, but you're in the middle of another job and you can't neglect the customer you had already committed to, then you then you release that customer so that you don't create a bad experience. So I, I think that's where coopetition meets customer service. I like that. Beautiful. I'm writing that down. I, I don't know how to spell that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text it to you. But yeah, um, yeah that's that's one of my favorite words it. in the world of business and customer service. And I just think there's there's room for all of us is really yes, what indeed. it, it, it well, comes to. I, I think we're getting in the wrap up zone. I don't know. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, here's I mean, quickly what I would tell folks. Get to this seminar if you can. Not. Yeah, it's, you're going to be so happy to see me because I am the most handsome <laughs> magician you will ever meet in your life. I mean, it, 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 literally, I have the face built for audio, but you're going to get to see me in person, <laughs> right? We are going to do, we're going to do some magic because I do incorporate solid magic. Uh, some of it's going to be a little comedy mind reading stuff. And, and we're actually all going to do a trick together, which will be a lot of fun. We're all going to do it together. And uh, you'll love it. I promise you, you'll love it. Um, but, you know, a couple of things that I will hit on that so people could, uh, you know, kind of be thinking um, just it's it's basic. But I promise you, you're going to walk away with at least one thing 
it will be worth it. And I, I believe I have more than one thing to offer you, but I believe you will, you will get a, a, a fresh, I hope, I feel a fresh perspective. And this is one of the things I will talk about. So when I repeat it, everybody pretend like you've never heard it before if you're at the seminar, but you, you only get five seconds to get 10 more seconds. Once you have those 10 seconds, you only have 10 more seconds to get to 20 seconds. And then you have 20 seconds to get to 60 seconds. That is this world that we're living in now. These numbers have been updated and that's about right. The average attention span of most people is under two minutes. Correct. It's really under a minute, but so you got to grab their attention right at the front, you know? And so one of the things we'll talk about too is evocation versus provocation, right? Provocation is one of those things that you can provoke someone to get a response from them. You know, even if you're, you know, they're a provocative people. And I don't mean that in the sexual sense. I'm talking about the kind that are like, they're trying to get you to react. And, you know, like, okay, a, a modern day example is the trolls that go around on the internet and go around on social media. And they're just, because they just want to get into a verbal fight, right? right? That's very provocative. So I learned something from some of the seminars I went to in magic, actually, from a guy that used to be the president of uh, CNN, the Hispanic side. And I mean, he's known all over the world. His name's Rolando Santos. And one of the things he talks about for us as magicians, and this most certainly applies to life and certainly applies 100% to customer service, and that is evocation or evoking. And the, re- the way that you do that is you bring emotion into it. And very briefly, one of the examples, and I'm going to shorten this big time, but one of the examples he gave is, is, you know, when I would have reporters out in the field and they would, they're at a fire and 300, you know, this apartment building and 500 people are without, uh, you know, homes tonight. And they're reporting, you know, so-and-so fire, everybody made it out alive, but there are 500 people tonight that, that are, you know, they don't have anywhere to sleep. He goes, you know, everybody's going to pay attention to that. But he goes, if you do this, fire destroyed everything. There are 500 people without homes tonight, nowhere to sleep. And little Sally and her little teddy bear don't have anywhere to lay their head. Bam. I mean, you have a different reaction to that because now that evokes emotion. You care. It's not that you don't care that these people don't have anywhere, but you care way more about little, you know, five-year-old Sally and her little teddy bear that made it out and they don't have nowhere. Now you're really listening. And so, you know, and that, of course, that could be over-dramatized. You've put a name. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So evoking emotions rather than provoking. Now, I'm the dude in the back of the room that's going, every once in a while, a little tiny dose of provocation is okay. Right. Don't throw it out. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. But yeah, I want to evoke emotion in my act. And one of the things I had to learn to do over the years um, is probably in the last 10 plus, maybe 15 years, but for sure in the last decade, I'd say over a decade, people started reacting different to my shows when they would come see one of my shows, you know, and you don't mean to do this, but you're performing and you know, this should generate a response and nobody's saying anything. Nobody's clapping. Nobody, they're just sitting there, you know, kind of stone faced. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the show, we always talk about the show that goes in it on in your head. And by the way, everybody does the show that goes on in their head. We can talk about that. You might want to write that one down. Okay. So there you are. You've done your thing. You're expecting your, and nothing happens. And, you're, and in the back of your mind going, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Did I, did I flash? Did I do something wrong? Did, but you just keep doing the show. What happened? People came up to me after the first time this happened. They came up to me and said, 
you know, I, I know you, I saw it on your face, even though I try to hide that. They're like, you were expecting like a wow or a, oh my God, or applause or something, and nothing happened. He goes, I want you to understand. We, we've been talking back here. We didn't know what to do. We were so struck out of our minds. We were so stunned. What you saw was stunned silence and amazement. And we didn't know how to react because we were thunderstruck. And I'm like, wow, would I rather have that, which is evocative, right? Or would I rather have the old, oh, the golf clap? That, that was so good. I, I think I did that joke on you, but if I didn't, uh, it was, you know, the one where I, occasionally somebody will do that because they're being nice. Right. You know, and they're like, oh, and I go, thank you. That's how my mom still reacts. Oh, Jeffrey, so good. So good. <laughs> you know, I get it. Thanks. Right. You know, but evocative. And really, that changed the way I approached a lot of things that I studied and, and applied into my show. And so now there are still moments of applause and, and actual wows. And sometimes, unfortunately, curse words that like pour it out of people's mouth. <laughs> I can't control that, you know. But it's it's because the evoc the evocation of the act now is it drives people to a response. It dr But that response, most of the time, is stunned, silence, thunderstruck, amazement. Right. Um, and you can do those things in your customer service is what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to know ma magic to be able to do that. We're going to take a quick pause from the podcast to hear a message from Triad Business Bank. Hello, my name is Fuller Parham, Senior Commercial Banker with Triad Business Bank. We opened our doors a little over two years ago to serve the core banking needs of locally owned businesses, real estate professionals and developers, and nonprofit organizations here in the Triad. We raise local capital and have a mission to deploy it back into our local community as a catalyst for growth. We focus on the core banking needs of our local business community. And what that means is we really are looking to help out with deposit, treasury, cash management services, as well as business, commercial, and real estate borrowing needs. Again, my name is Fuller Parham with Triad Business Bank, and we look forward to learning how we can support your business's growth. Thank you again to Triad Business Bank for their support of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to welcome you to the chamber, Jeff. Yeah, I'm, so excited. I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I can't believe you asked a little redneck from North Carolina to, to do it, but I'm, I'm happy about it. Well, you're going to do a great job and I'm excited. So um, once again, I want to thank Marzano Capital Group. They're the ones who yes, are indeed. Thank you. And so the Art of Customer Service will be on October the 20th. Um, it will be at the historic Broyhill. All the details are on the chamber website, lewisville-clemens.com. Um, again, October 20th, the art of customer service, the fee for attending will be $10 for chamber members, $15 for non-members. And, um, again, I'm just so excited, Jeff. Thank you so much for agreeing. Oh, to thank you. And, was, um, mm. We're looking forward to having you for our lunch and learn and uh, excited to see what you have to say. And um, this was a, a great introduction to set the stage for it, so to speak. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I learned as much from you as you did from me. Oh, hopefully you learned something from me. I learned a lot. <laughs> I did. From you today, so I did. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Me too. I'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Once again, thank you for listening to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. The Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce is a member-focused business community. I invite you to learn more about the Chamber by visiting our website, louisville-clemens.com. 
And while we're in the world of audio, it's time for the fine print. Everyone has an opinion, but in this case, the views and the opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors. So now that you've been appropriately advised, let me remind you that this podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of the Louisville Clements Chamber of Commerce.